What's going on, world? It is your man, Chi. One half of this podcast, Use from the Two. This is a bonus episode, y'all, so I'm just going to get right into the shits. This episode, I'm going to be addressing the absence of me on the last episode. And also, because of my absence, I want to shed light on some things and I want to discuss, shall we say, what happened? There's no tension. There's no bad blood. You'll hear the episode, our latest episode, which will be dropping tomorrow. I'm recording this episode on Wednesday, April 1st. I had previously did an epi- a solo episode addressing this matter, but I re-listened to it. Didn't really like how it sounded. I am my biggest critic, as I think we all are. And I scrapped it, but I said I still wanted to address this matter, even though things are kind of on a up now. But I still want to address it because I still feel like in this time and this uncharted territory that we're on right now, these uncharted waters, somebody may need to hear this. Somebody may going through similar situation. So I kind of want to be that, I don't want to say beacon of hope, but I want to just be that person that if you listen to this and you're going through it, I can help you get out of whatever it is that you're going through. So before I get into that portion of it, I want to just give a special thanks to my partner, my brother, Sean for holding it down last week in my absence and a special shout out to his girl, Nicole, for coming on board. You know, I thought that he was going to do a solo one, but he decided that he was going to get his girl to jump on, who also has a podcast that if you haven't checked it out yet, it is called the Messy As Fuck Podcast. and. It is available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It's available on those major platforms. But I want to discuss what happened. Now, he said that I had prior engagements. I had something going on. I had another event or whatever it was. That wasn't the case. So... The week before, I started to kind of fall into a a state of, I don't know if it was depression, if I was overthinking or my anxiety about everything that's going on. And I said that on Instagram. I made a story and I said that. I said, I don't know if it's depression, anxiety, overthinking or all three, but I'm not in the right space. I'm in a dark place and I basically said anyone that's listening to this or watching, reading this story, just, you know, keep me in your thoughts and prayers. Now, I want to be clear when I say this, I was not thinking suicide. I was not thinking death. My mind just was not in the right state. It wasn't in the right place. 
Cause I know that in the past I've, and this is going to be a very transparent episode, you know, in the past I've had suicidal thoughts. I did do a suicide attempt twice, but after the second attempt, it kind of was like, all right, I'm no, it's not going to happen. You know? So this place that I was in was a, it was dark. I kind of just started to fall into it. And when Sean had hit me up, because what we do as we prep for the week for our podcast, the following week, we would shoot ideas to each other. How we used to do, we used to shoot ideas then I kind of was like, I don't even want to do the shooting of ideas. I kind of just want to, we exchange weeks. So the coronavirus one kind of was like, it was supposed to be Sean's, but we turned around and because of that, because of this coronavirus and this pandemic, we both decided to come together to do this one. So technically that episode was supposed to be his produced episode. And then last week's episode was supposed to be mine. And then this week's episode was supposed to be his, you know, it's supposed to go back and forth, but you know, because of the coronavirus, we kind of came together and everything. But then the week last episode, Sean had hit me up and Sean was like, well, with the, non-essential traveling how do you want to do this and i basically told him like i didn't reply to him the first time because it was on sunday i didn't reply so then he texted me on monday asking me if i was good and i told him i was like you know i'm not in the right space i don't know what to talk about i have nothing to talk about like it'd just be you just talking Cause I really, I'm not in the right space. I'm, I don't know what to say. And he asked if I wanted to push the episode back. I wanted to record for another day. And I told him flat out. I said, no, if you want to do this episode, you can do it. You know, if you still want to have something out there for the week, you can still do it. But I'm just not in the right space to to do anything. He said, "Okay." And then you got that episode. I kind of want to get into a theme that has resonated in my life since birth, literally. And I actually had this conversation with my therapist on last Thursday. So growing up. And somewhat still to this day, I always have, and this is where the darkness comes in. Sometimes I always have this, this feeling of not being good enough. Okay. Occasionally this is like a black cloud and sometimes the black cloud just surfaces. But every time it kind of comes back, it feels like it gets stronger. Every time like this black cloud will come around and most of the time it's kind of like this dark gray cloud, but then other times it's actually like a black 
cloud. Like it looks like the end of the world is upon us type of thing. And that's what happened. And whenever this happens, those thoughts of being not good enough come to play. Now, as a child from birth, when I was born, I was born with water to the brain. And when that happened, the doctors told my mother that if they went through with the procedure and everything, there's a good possibility that I may have some defects and it'll be like a complicated, like raising me or things like that. And they, the doctors pretty much, and this sounds crazy, but the doctors in a sense was just like, it's better if you just like let him die. Like, let's just get like, basically just get rid of him. Okay. My mom was like, no. So when I was told this, I'm thinking to myself, damn, like the doctor who's supposed to, you know, save lives is basically telling my mom that I'm not good enough to keep around. Okay. Fast forward. I'm in elementary school teacher. And I said this when I received my, my college degree this earlier this year. And I said that getting this was recognition to me. And I kind of talked about, and I kind of talked about the elementary school teacher that told my mother that I wasn't going to amount to nothing. Now, if you are, as I am a black man in America, (laughs) or if you're just a black woman in America, you have been told there's always those stories of those people that have achieved greatness or achieved all this stuff. They've been told, they've always had that story of somebody in their life telling them you're not going to be anything. You know, I remember Steve Harvey prime example. He talks about how, when he was a kid, he had a stuttering problem and he wrote that he was going to be on TV and his teacher was like, there's no, like, you'll never be on TV. You'll never ever be on TV. Like boys like you don't be on TV. And Steve Harvey said, now what I do is I send her a TV every year so she can see me on every channel she turned to. Those are the stories that you hear. I was one of those also that was told this. I'm like, damn, this teacher doesn't believe that I'm going to be anything. I'm not good enough to this teacher. Then probably the biggest blow. I've kind of been on record and talking about the relationship that I have with my father. I've been on other platforms talking about it, but my father left me and my brother when I was 12 going on 13. And being an adult now, having my own kid, realizing that there's certain things that kid should not know about what goes on between the parents. I I get that, but I would still, and I'm an example of it. I still am involved in my daughter's life. I can't say that for my dad. You know, my dad left and kind of just was in and out. And I always thought to myself, like me and my brother, more me because my brother has that, had that relationship. And to this, to a degree, he still does 
have this relationship with my dad where they can, you know, they had a little fallout, but you know, they're slow. It slowly started to become a, not back to old times, but on better terms. But me and my dad never really had those moments. You know, I'll give you an example. Like I said, I'm being very transparent on this episode. Recently, he, I received a message from one of his coworkers telling me that he was, he didn't show up to work. They were kind of worried about him and he was sick. So I went to his house, checked on him, said he, I asked him if he wanted to go to the hospital. He said, yeah. So he went to the emergency room and we were there for roughly about two and a half hours waiting. But within that time frame, you would have thought that it was complete, two complete strangers just sitting next to each other. We would talk occasionally. We'll have like a small conversation, but that was it. There was no in-depth like conversation. Like you, you, if like people knew, cause me and my dad, I like me and my dad look identical. Like a lot of people say, I'm just a light version of him. I look like a light version of him. So you can see it, but it's like, it's, it's like that expression, you know, I'm, I'm here, but I'm not, you know, like I'm physically here, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I'm not there. That's how it felt. So it was a thing where I'm like, damn, I'm not good enough to, for, for you to try to have this relationship with me. I was young. I was a kid, you know, now as an adult, I can make my, I can make that decision myself. You know, if I want to be, if I want to build that relationship, which I've attempted to do, but I kind of just like at the end of the day, he's his own man. He's going to make his own decisions. He's going to do what he wants to do. All I can do as his son is just pray that he gets through, he gets through it. He overcomes these things. He gets in a better space. Okay. But the theme again, I'm not good enough. So then we get into my love life and most of my serious relationships, if it ends up not working out, I always think to myself, I wasn't like, damn, I wasn't good enough because like you didn't try to work it out or you didn't try to do these things. You just left. Or if I get cheated on. Now I've done, I've cheated in the past. I'm not going to lie and say I never cheated. I have. And I'm like, not sure if I'm, I'm not saying that it's not karma that came back to me. Cause I am a believer in that. I'm a believer that the energy that you put out will come back to you. Um, so I always feel that way. And I felt, I felt like some of the things I've done in my past came back to bite me in the ass. And once I, once I stopped cheating and got into serious relationships and, you know, had my daughter and then tried to make that relationship work out and it didn't, I always thought like I wasn't good enough because of that, which then led to a lot of things of myself, 
which I kind of talked about in the episode where we were talking about the killing a character, you know, actually creating a character to get something and then killing it and the whole code switch in that episode that kind of stems from the not feeling that I'm good enough. So I have to do these things because I just want that appreciation. I want to feel that acceptance and that love because anybody that knows me personally and Sean's been on the record on saying this, like I'm a dude that one wears, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I do, but I'm also a giver. I'm a helper. I'm a provider. I'm the type of person that if you are asking me to do something, if I'm, if it's in my will, I will do it. Now, Sean will attest and, you know, my other close friend, Alan and, and Asad and my brother and my mom, even my daughter, they all will attest that I am quick to help those that don't deserve it. Okay. Now, I will admit that's true. And it takes a lot of my energy by me doing these things. And I've acknowledged it. I've acknowledged the fact that I will sit back and if someone that I know only comes to me when they need help, I will then take that energy and put it to helping you. I get that from my mother. My mother will do the same thing. My mother will help those, even if it's mainly family for her, she will sit back and she will help those people that have basically, she will help those that basically, you know, her family. And I've, me and my brother have adopted that mentality. Now I may have done it with other people, um, friends. Some are females that I've, you know, had a genuine interest in, or I was talking to, or I was in a relationship with the one exception of people that if they ever needed something, despite what goes on, despite the issues that we may have, I'm always going to, in a sense, be there for that person would be my daughter's mother because of the fact that that's my daughter's mother. But what happens is I start to think of these things. And I start to realize like, if I wasn't the provider, if I wasn't doing these things, would that person still be there? Like it's a benefit for them, but then it drains my energy. It drains my stuff. So back to the whole not good enough relationships, my relationships. It basically, it all stems from relationships with people. And even when I have a friendship with somebody and if that friendship falls apart, I think like, damn, like, I'm, am I not good enough? So over the course of that week, that's what was happening. I was hitting a funk where it was like, damn, and just random thoughts just started running through my mind. 
And I don't know if it's because, you know, we're not really allowed to travel out as much, you know, if it's not, if it's not, if you don't have an essential job, which I do, I work in a hospital, so I'm required to go out. But if you don't like, it's kind of like with this, I don't even want to call it a travel ban because it's not, but unnecessary traveling. They don't want you to do that. Now being stuck in a house, being isolated in a house for two, three weeks. And you're hearing on the, you're hearing on the next podcast where Sean is talking about how he's handling this and how I'm handling it. It's two different things, you know, during that time being in that dark, I literally just would stay in my room. If I wasn't in my room, I was in my living room on the couch and I was just like, just binge watching stuff. And I was watching stuff and I was watching stuff and I can tell that I was going through things because there were certain things that I was watching and I would get emotional, you know? And I know that, you know, certain things that I was watching hit home to me, but it was like, I was sitting there like a wreck. And the last time I was like that was when I went through it, I had an episode like this. So I'm saying all that to say, you know, I, I spoke to my therapist and I've always advocated and I'm going to continue to advocate for this because it is needed. Most people, black and brown, we we have a tendency of having that pride of not admitting when we need help, when we need to seek help, when we need to speak to someone because we go through shit. You know, like I didn't realize that seeing my father leave, watching him walk out the door at the age of 12 was trauma for me. I didn't realize that, you know, I didn't realize that till my therapist told me like, she was like, yeah, that's a traumatic experience that you had. I didn't realize that. So that's why when people abandon me, I, I kind of like, that little, that 12 year old kind of comes back and it's hard for me to understand why you left or why somebody left because of that, you know, and I'm trying to get that understanding going to therapy. Great thing because of that. I didn't realize that there's a lot of things that us in the community we don't realize that we suffer from, you know, people thought when they heard PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome, like people thought that that was just a mil like that was just people that in the military, like they suffer from PTSD because of the war and what they've seen and doing all this stuff. But as Meek said, people in the streets suffer that, you know, like you might've seen somebody get shot. You might've seen somebody die. You might've seen a brutal fight that just left you shaken. You might've experienced, you know, a, a brutal domestic violence episode. You might've experienced, you know, like me, watching your parents break up, watching that. That's trauma. Going through a divorce and you got kids. 
That's trauma. That's one of the leading reasons why a lot of families stay intact for so long, at least till the kid gets older, because they don't want to put that kid through that trauma of going through these things. Like I said, I'm going to be very transparent. A lot of people have said, you know, for me to, you know, I should do certain things with my child. I should go for certain things. And this is when she was younger. And I've always said I never wanted to do that because I never wanted to put my daughter through a system or through a process where she's sitting in a room with a person that she doesn't know. And they're asking her these questions, trying to figure things out. I would never want to do that because I know how my daughter is. My daughter's just like me. My daughter's like her mother. You know, if we're in a position where we're not comfortable talking, we're going to kind of shut down and we're going to be very like quiet, timid, like "Mm, I'm okay. Don't like just, you know, stay away. So that's where that comes from. But everybody goes through that. You know, I can't, you can't tell me that there's one person in this world that has not suffered any type of PTSD. You can't tell. I would say it's going to be hard for me to believe that there's one person, there's not one person here that has, that has not suffered from that. Okay, because trauma is on different levels, you know, and that's the thing. We classify that as one, two, three different things, but it's classified in different terms. It's different ways to be trauma. It's different ways to be traumatized. You know, it's a scare tactic. Like I can like if I scare my mother for a quick second, guess what? She was trauma. She she was traumatized. It might not have been to the level of like, oh my God, like heart attack, like, oh, like things like that. Like she'll wake up in the middle of her sleep. Like, oh my God, I remember when Charles scared the shit out of me. No, but it has happened. So during this time of crisis and this pandemic and us not knowing what the future is going to hold for us. Um, over last week, they New York State had instituted a helpline. Okay, and basically, what they did is six thousand seven hundred and fifteen mental health professionals have volunteered to provide free online mental health service to New Yorkers. This is anybody in the New York area, New York State area, experiencing emotional trauma. If you're not feeling okay, call eight four four eight six three nine three one four. This is the New York State COVID-19 Emotional Support Helpline. Okay. That is, you know, because they know there's a ton, like 3.3, last time I checked, 3.3 million people file for unemployment. People have lost their jobs permanently. People have took temporary layoffs I know a few that have taken this temporary layoff. I know a few that have lost their jobs 
they don't know how they're going to get their next income. They don't know how they're going to get their next check. They don't know how they're going to make their, like, where their next dollar is going to come from. So they're stressing and it's tough. Like these are tough times right now. Like I'm great. I'm thankful that I'm in the field that I'm in, that I work in. It's not my career field. Cause if, trust me, if it was my career field, I don't think I, I don't know where I would be at this moment, but because I work in the hospital, I'm, I'm an essential. So I have to work there. I have to do this. I'm working. I'm grateful for this. I'm thankful. But I think about those that have that worked in retail, that work in like, you know, I know some people that worked in hotels that their ho- like their jobs kind of got laid off. You know, I know people that work in the airport, they took a temporary layoff, you know, things like that. And it's just, it takes, it's taking a lot out of people. And a lot of people are emotional. A lot of people don't know what to do. They're stressed. And I would just say, as I've always said, this too shall pass. Um, I think about what my therapist had told me. Think about the good every day, wake up and tell, and give yourself positive reinforcement. You know, like me, it sucks. I'm not able to walk. They announced last week, my school announced last week that the 2020 class will not have a graduation. It sucks. You know, I'm hurt because of that. But I'm able, I was able to give my mother my diploma and let her know I did this. And then once I further my education in the fall and I finish within that two years time span, hopefully we don't have another situation like this. And then I can walk. And by the grace of God, she's still with us. She sees me walk across that stage and receive my diploma. You know, it's those type of, it's those things that matter to me more than, you know, the darkness, the depression, the anxiety, the overthinking, all that. And that's why I'm trying to tell people now, if you're going through these things, if you're going through these tough times, try to find some light in this dark time. You know, I'm, I'm thankful now that I'm watching like, you know, for about two weeks, <laughs> they wasn't airing Undisputed. And I'm talking about Undisputed now because I'm happen to be, as I'm recording, watching it right now. It's on my TV right now. But I'm thankful that this show is back. This was kind of like, not kind of, but this was the show that got my morning started for me. It's waking up, getting myself ready. And at 930, I sit down. And I'm watching Undisputed if I'm not busy or if I'm not out running, making runs. But I make sure somehow, some way, if I'm like at a, if I had to go to a meeting or something, if, I, if I'm waiting, if it's like 930, I'm, as I'm waiting, I got Undisputed on my phone. I'm watching it. It's my happy, this is my happy time. You know, it's my time where I could sit back and just watch and be entertained and watch you know, Shannon Sharp and watch Skip go at it. 
you know, and then I have my my wrestling, which I'm not going to get into this because this is not a wrestling podcast. If you want to hear my thoughts about what's going on in the world of wrestling, subscribe to the World Club Wrestling Podcast. I go off on there. But I have that. You know, I have my podcast that I listen to, not views, but I have my list of podcasts that I listen to. I'm I'm reading books. You know, I got all these books. I'm reading them now. You know, I'm trying to make the best out of this time. When I go to work, I work at a hospital. So I'm not seeing these patients that have it, but I know they're in this building. And I just have to be grateful and count my blessings because of the fact that, you know, I work in the I work in the food service for the for the hospital. But it's still like we're doing something to help them get through this time. So just anybody y'all need to talk if y'all need to, you know, bend or y'all need anything that number that I gave you again, if you are in the New York State area, is 844-863-9314. That is for the New York State COVID-19 Emotional Support Helpline. If you happen to follow views from the two on Instagram, if you want to just reach out to one of us, we'll talk. You know, if you need to vent, Whatever, we're here. Okay. I'm here. I'm here to talk. I'm here to help you. I'm here to talk to you. Whatever. If you need to seek therapy, do it. Find a therapist that you're comfortable with to have this conversation. Because at the end of the day, people, if your mental health is not healthy, nothing about you is going to be healthy. It's not. Eating habits, everything, eating habits, the, the way of life, everything is just not going to be healthy. Have a strong mind. You know, we will get through this tough time. We will. We will overcome this and we'll be able to go back outside and enjoy this uh, the weather, enjoy vacations, enjoy traveling, enjoy concerts, enjoy basketball, football, baseball, hockey, running, training, you name it. Anything you like to do outdoors, you'll be able to do it, you know, but just stay like, like they've been saying, stay at home, take the proper Precautionary measures, make sure you wash your hands, sanitize, you know, make sure the house is clean, make sure the house is, you know, sanitized, Lysol, the Clorox wipes, make sure all that, make sure everything's done, make sure even your cars, like a lot of people don't realize, make sure your cars are clean, make sure that you clean the inside and outside of your car, mainly the inside because, you know, that's where the, you know, all that's going to be. But just make sure that you're doing all these things, man. Just make sure because the quicker we do that and we stay inside and we kind of just stay to ourselves and all this, I know it's, it's, it's painful and it's dreading and it's dreading and all this stuff. But the faster we do this, we'll be good. You know, I look at the news that they're saying about China 
And China is kind of getting back to the, they're getting back. And they did what they had to do. They quarantined themselves. They kept themselves in and they did what they had to do. We need to do the same thing. So I've talked too much. I hope y'all did get something out of this. I hope it was very beneficial and helpful for some people. Um, Like I said, this will be dropping later on today. Next, the next installment of Views from the Two is actually dropping tomorrow on Sean's birthday. So if you happen to hear this before the next episode, when the next episode drops, and even on our Instagram page tomorrow, Send him some birthday love. You know, I'll be posting about it um, and go from there. So thank you all for listening. Take care. Be safe out there. And I will be back tomorrow, but I will also be back next week with my partner in crime, my brother from another mother. And we will give you all another episode of Views from the Two. So till then, take care, y'all. Be safe.